Episode 9 of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. studio guys i'm here with my friend doug landis he is going to talk to us today about rep attainment in SaaS companies welcome doug thanks mike appreciate you having me here i love this sure give us a little bit of background on you where you've been companies you've been at before you've obviously had a great career in various sales organizations just give the listeners some idea of who you are sure um, I'd like to say I'm, I'm fairly lucky, actually, in my, <laughs> in my path to getting to where I am right now. So, um, so I'm the VP of productivity, sales productivity over at Box. I've been at Box now for about three years. Uh, previous to that, I was very, very fortunate that I got to spend five years in Salesforce during their crazy growth stage from 1,000 employees to, to 13,000, um, running productivity over there as well. Uh, and then before that, I was in a little company down the street called Google. <laughs> that uh, was pretty progressive as well. Uh, again, on the sales, uh, sales training, development, and enablement side. Uh, but b- before that, for about 15 years, I carried a bag. Started, started my career at Oracle back in the day when we were getting paid $30,000 a year, having to wear a suit, and drive to the office at 5.30 in the morning. It was good times. And so for the listeners that know, Doug's been a longtime friend of Bowery Capital and spoken at our conferences before. And when we started riffing on ideas of what to do the the concept of rep attainment came up and he's now been in two or three organizations where this has become a obviously a well so thing. actually this idea of rep attainment is somebody that something that every sales leader and every sales ops leader thinks about but no one's actually really been able to capture it sure. in a way to really drive the sales organization um so we thought we tapped around tap danced around this idea for a long time uh while we we're at salesforce the backbone of rep attainment is this. So rep attainment is basically looking at the percentage of reps that hit 100% of their quota, right? When you're building a sales organization, whether you're two salespeople or you're five or you're 25 or 2,500, you need to have, you need to build your financials based on a certain percentage of your reps hitting 100% of their quota, Sure. right? That's, that's, our, that's our target. We know historically in SaaS organizations, I think the number's around 40%, uh, for somewhere like 47% of reps actually hit their, their 100% of their sure. quota in SaaS sure. companies. Um, and what typically happens too in most organizations is you have the early people, the people who are the company, the first five sales reps, they kill it. Right. And they end up doing five, six hundred percent of their number. And right. then you got a right. bunch of people that are doing 20, 30% of their number. Right. So the idea around rep attainment is like, let's take a look at how everyone's performing to their quota. And the challenge with it is you can't get this information out of Salesforce because Salesforce doesn't pull in quota data into their reports or dashboards. Sure. And so you've got to get Salesforce data in terms of how the deals are closing plus commission data, right? right? So like we pull in exactly, we'll pull in Salesforce, we put it you know, in this machine and get the information out. So now I can say exactly by sales segment who's performing to 100% or who's on target to hit 100% of their, num- of their number sure. throughout the year. Got it. Based on that, that allows us to then take a step back and go, okay, well, if we're going to say we're going to hit you know, 60, 70, 80%, it's like, cool, well, maybe that's too much. Right, when I was right. at Salesforce, we actually 
too many of our reps hit 100%, <laughs> which is a great problem to have. Sure. But it's really hard when it comes to doing like things like President's Club. You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> not everybody can qualify. Right, right. Right? So it helps you to kind of define and, and, and look at the – it's a different way of looking at the business. And, and how do you guys think about it in a – you know, beyond the organization – overarching theme of reputation do you also think about it sort of on an actual individual rep basis rolling it into or, or maybe sort of talk to us about that yeah yeah nice so so a lot of sales managers um, look at their business in terms of I've got my sales target and here are the number of employees or reps that I have and what's it going to take for us to get to our target um, one thing that I recommend for everyone, even as an individual rep, is to look at how you're performing to 100% of your quota. Sure. Because that's how the business looks at you, right? Because they've set your quota based on the financial targets that have been decided by the board, right? right? By you guys. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and because the sales leaders, we push back. I'm like, no, 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 I don't know. I don't know if we're going to hit that. And then we got to kind of, you kind of have to back into what 100% of quota actually looks like for a rep. So it's important that reps um, and managers are always looking at like, how am I doing to my quota? Right. Um, and my annual quota, not just my monthly number, my quarterly number. Uh, how am I performing? And then you kind of, then you can start to back into, okay, so tactically, what, what are the things that I can do to ensure over the, over the course of the year, I can get to 100%, right? right? And, and what, are, what are some of the functions associated with, like, you, you, you sort of have mentioned this around a particular sales equation. Give maybe the listeners the, the actual granular level of how Box looks at it and then sort of any yeah. SaaS organization. Well, I think every sales person in sales organization follows the same equation, right? And right. If, you, if the key is actually getting the benchmark numbers that make up 100%, right? So the, the core sales equation um, that is the backbone to rep attainment is you've got uh, you've got pipeline <laughs> times your deal size times your win rate divided by your sales cycle. Right. Right. And just think about it. The more bats that I get, the more pipeline that I have. If you multiply that times my win rate, then I know. Well, okay. If my if I get my deal size up, well then I I need less deals in the pipe. Right. Right. Or if I get my win rate up, I'm you know batting fifty percent. Well then my my deal size can be where it needs to be, sure. right? So and then of course it's all divided by sales cycle. If I know this are are these thirty day, sixty day, ninety, one hundred and twenty, one hundred and eighty right. day sales. Uh, and those cycles. so those four variables really all you should be thinking about as a you know hundred percent, hundred percent as a sales organization, as a sales person, you should always be thinking about what am I doing to get more bats? What am I doing to get my deal size up? What am I doing to maintain my win rates or increase my win rates? And what can I do to reduce my sales cycle? Um, and the key is, is when you're early, and let's say you've got one salesperson, these are the benchmarks that you have to start to put in place. So let's say you know, you're my first sales guy. I'm like, great, cool. Ultimately, we know in sales that you need to have like a 3x pipeline, right, sure. in order to hit your number. Unless you're in the transactional side of the business, then sometimes it's a one-to-one right. number because you're, you're closing deals that you yeah. create in that month, right? right? So let's just say 3x is our target, right? So what we want to look at is, well, how much pipeline do you as a rep need to generate on your own? How much do I need marketing to generate? How much can I generate from partners or anybody else? Sure. And then, okay, so... Let's look at that and let's look at look at what our average deal size and let's watch that because once you start to multiply those, now you get a better sense of, okay, what's it going to take for us to get 100%, right? So when you're starting to build this out for a larger organization sure. and then we look at, all right, well, so here's my average sales, here's my average deal size and then what's my, what's my win rate? Yeah. Uh, out of all these bats that I get, how am I actually closing deals performing, or right. performing to those? 
Um, and just that top line, those top line benchmarks are really, really important because now it actually allows you to base your activity levels, yeah. you know, on those benchmarks, right? So if I know, you know, Mike, you got to do deals at, of at least 40K or above. And I look at your pipeline and all your deals are 20 to 30K. No well, now I, know where to, now I know where to spend my time with you right. as a manager. It's yeah. like, you know, we need to work on growing your deal size. And you, got, you got enough pipe. You know, work on deal size. And maybe sort of go back to the organizational level. Yeah, sort of the sales equation for each individual salesperson that rolls into the, the broader repayment model. How, how do you and, and your head of sales ops, your, your head of revenue really look at this? Is it, I'm envisioning sort of a dashboard and we're looking on a yeah. almost real-time basis of what's going on or is it, you know... But that's really, really or... difficult. So sure. you need so whoever's running sales ops needs to be an Excel junkie. Yep. They need to be able to pull that Salesforce data and sure. pull that you know commission data into Excel. Unless you get to a size where you're big enough where you can buy a product like a Burst or a Domo or a Tableau where you can pull all that data in and look at it on a manager level and you know, and on a, on a regional vice president level, and at the whole sales organization level, right? So you should be able to look at all the same metrics across the board, sure. Um, and based on the benchmarks, see how everyone's performing, and that should equal what your attainment numbers are. Yeah. Right. Yep. And if they don't, well, then you're like, okay, yep. first of all, something's screwy in the data. But but what you should, what that allows you to do is look back and go, okay, where do we need to spend some time? Right. So that's where my team comes in. I look at the data and go, all right, well. If we need to spend more time helping our reps build pipeline, then what do we need to do? Right. Is that training? Do they need more tools? Do they need, you know, do we need better marketing? Sure. Do we need better branding? Like what do we need to do as an organization, both from my team or from other segments of the business? Sure. And then how what's the pacing or frequency as you think you know, a lot of the listeners will be way earlier stage than than Box is at? Is it, hey, you really should be looking at this weekly, you really should be looking at this monthly, and then how do you also then when you when you do need to coach your sellers on certain areas they're missing on, on the attainment model, is that a monthly, quarterly, yeah. type of thing? Um, so you need to look at the sales equation data. Sales equation data uh, that's a daily thing, right? right? Or right. at least a weekly thing. It should be a weekly check in with yourself and with your manager. Sure. How am I doing in pipe? Deal size, win rates, sales cycle. That yeah. should just be your common vernacular. Um, in the sales organization. As far as attainment goes, you want to look at that on a monthly basis and just look at how are we tracking, sure. right? Because that gives you, that's the bigger number, right? That's the number that's going to roll up the sales leaders and, and of course to the board. Um, but it doesn't, you know, this is, this is something you should be thinking about when you're two salespeople, yeah. right? Because the core numbers of that equation should drive uh, basically the, the behaviors that you want of all of your sellers sure. when, you're, when you're one or two versus, you know, 10 or 20. Or even and, more. And then how do you think about using the repayment model? Is it this ultimately drives the entire lifeblood of the revenue side? Do we do you think about this as maybe a, a, a sort of earlier SaaS company as the actual component you would present to a board and say Absolutely. this is exactly okay. Absolutely. Like I'm so it's used in everything. I, it's used this this language repayment is in every conversation that's happening at the executive level because it's it's basically, if you think about it, right, it's like this is determining whether, if we have, again, five sellers, well, okay, of those five, who's gonna hit 100% of their number? And if they're all hitting 100%, that's great, but maybe their quotas are too low, yeah. right? And if nobody's hitting 100%, it's like, all right, well then maybe their quotas are too high, sure, right? And so it gives the leadership of an organization 
Uh, it gives them the data points to say, all right, we need to make some modifications. Let's say the market changes. Let's say new competitors come to the market. Let's say you know you want to go on a hiring spree. Um, all of that is going to the repetitive data is going to help you to further define what changes you need to make as a broader organization. Sure. And and do you guys sort of when when you are finding out the the the, the challenges or problems within the model? Is it what what kind of comes up the most, or maybe just give some of the younger companies look? This is what, what we yeah. actually look at the repetitive model or <laughs> the actual issue. individual sales equation. Yeah, That's kind of you know. Yeah, well, so so because I'm in the middle of this right now, right. and um, we're and we're always looking at it and always and I'm always thinking about it because for the first time, just so you know, for the first time, I've actually had access to all this data. Sure. And I've been there for almost three years. Five years I was at Salesforce. We didn't have access to this information. Got it. Right? So we would just go off of performance on the dashboards in Salesforce. We weren't looking at real, like, how are you actually performing to your quota sure. over and over sure. again, right? So once you start to dig into this, you realize that um, there's some there's some common themes, right? Okay. So in many cases, it's territories weren't allocated properly, okay. right? Um, you, you, you take the peanut butter mostly, approach. Mostly, yeah. So yeah, exactly. it's a peanut butter approach to territories or peanut butter approach to quotas. Right. Um, uh, it, we're not even going to get into comp structure and all that because we know that's an incentive and a driver for sales sure. folks. But certainly, do you, do you find, something to think about. especially early on, it's hard to get that right. You have to have totally a is. lot of data. Yeah, and what what you're trying to do is just put in put in markers, right? Be like, yeah. okay, we this is what we did, and this is how we ended up, and then we made some changes, and this is how we ended up, and we made some changes, and this is how we ended up. Just know across the board within the SaaS in the SaaS business, you want it, what number you want to be at. Sure, right? You need to be at in an earlier early stage. We just we need to be at sixty percent. If that's our target. Or let's say our target is sixty-five percent. Then everything you do should be around. How do I get sixty to sixty-five percent of my reps to hundred percent of their number? Right. Right. Sure. Right. That's a. That's a. It's the easy math. If you want so, to yeah, so break it down. So we've got comp. We've got territories. We've got a market, um, and then you've got actual rep execution, right? So then you got to start looking at some of the hypotheses. Well, am I hiring the right reps? Sure. Am I hiring um, you know farmers versus hunters? Right. And right now we realize we need hunters, right? <laughs> right? Um, am I, um, you know, some other things? Do we have the right messaging? Yeah. And does everybody know how to deliver the message appropriately? So that's a is marketing helping us, and then are reps actually able to actually execute and deliver that? Do they do the basics? Right? Yeah. Are we missing out on like the basic blocking and tackling of like you know managing a sales cycle? Sure. Um, you know, calling high. You know, yeah. all the simple things that we run into that are like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we, we forget those? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, guess what? If we're not calling high enough, maybe we get a deal done, but it's a smaller deal. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's a smaller deal, so the deal size is smaller. Maybe the sales cycle is not as long, but the deal size is smaller. Well, okay, multiply our win rate and our pipeline, and I'm not going to get to 100%. Got it. Got right? It. Yeah. And then how to talk, something interesting you just mentioned, sort of the external parties in your organization, marketing, product... That, that maybe don't sit day to day in this sort of data? How do they inform or impact or help or what, what have you guys done? You know, is it, is it a two-way street and you're constantly conversing and talking to them about repetitment or <laughs> is it they don't really want to hear it? I mean, marketing obviously contributes probably more than a product, but I mean, just maybe talk 
to the listeners about how to think about the yeah, broader yeah. organizations. <laughs> well, come on, we're in sales, and sales and marketing don't always see eye to eye. I was just gonna say, right? So, so you know, the hard part in, in in our world is to say, well, because the messaging isn't right, it's actually affecting our attainment. Sure, right? That is a hard jump to make because that's a little gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Because you can't map it directly to pipeline or deal size. You can say, oh, well, it's influences it, but how do you actually make that direct sure. correlation? So we basically, so the key is to build out your hypothesis, right? And then your hypothesis may be, well, our reps don't know how to deliver the message, or perhaps they say the same thing to every role and to every industry, and that doesn't help, yeah. right? Because it's too cookie cutter or what have you. And so when you, when you, the first thing is to look at your hypothesis or just throw everything on the wall, and then look, as, look at as much data as you can, either from the data itself or from interviewing reps, Interviewing customers or prospects, looking at your win-loss, you know, information inside of Salesforce, or talking to sure. customers that chose to go a different direction, and using some of that to help shape the conversation. The more you have, the more detail you have, the easier it is to go to marketing and say, "Here's what where we need your help," and it's easier to go to product and say, "Here's where we need your help." Okay. Right. So, so it's more you're reacting to the data. And then it's informing them of yeah. the ways they can support yeah. repetitive and, and then, actual. And then they don't have, they can't push back and go, well, you know, that's not what I hear. Right. It's like, guess what? We've done our homework here. Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're not just flying blind here and saying, oh, this is what we think. No, this is actually what the data is saying. And this is what, based on also doing interviews, is helping us to define. Maybe, maybe just to touch on the data side. How, is it, is it, Important. Many of many of the companies, it's look. You've got to have a base layer CRM and then some sort of you know marketing automation or something over the top of that to be able to even start to think about repetition. Or when when should a SaaS company really? Is it is it five sellers, ten sellers? I mean, how to one seller <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you don't. I mean, everyone. You need to capture your information somewhere, right? So right. when you're first getting started, you have to have something. Whether it's just using an old piece of ACT software, the old sure, software, sure, sure. or you're just doing it in Excel, whatever. I mean, at a minimum, you want to be able to capture like the conversations that I'm having, and of those conversations, how many of those are actually turning into opportunities that are actually closing. Sure, sure. That you have to start thinking about from when you're two people as founders, right? Because you're testing, you're constantly testing. I guess maybe ask a different way. <laughs> yeah, ask it maybe a different way. How to, you, have, you have this data inflowing. Mm-hmm. You're in the first three months of your business. You're not going to really know. Uh, no. Is it? Is it? I need a year of test data. I need two years. You know. How do you kind of, or, or you? You know. You you started thinking about it. You know, six, seven, eight years into, <laughs> yeah. into Box's life. But when is a good time to? Is it? It's probably. You know. How do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I. I'll never. When it comes to data, I'll never. Um, I mean, I guess I'll. I'll I will always say you can never start early enough. Sure. Really. If you've got, um, this actually kind of goes to someone in sales operations, right? If you can hire someone in sales operations that actually has a data mentality or a data mindset, um, or at least hire a VP of sales ops early on and then someone underneath them to help them scour the data so that they can do territory planning and account planning and, all, and you know, comp and quotas and all that. Because um, you're going to need to do that early on, yeah. right? Um, I was talking to our old EVP of, of worldwide sales and his one single regret was he didn't hire a VP of sales ops early enough. He wanted to hire, he should have hired a VP of sales ops when there were 10 reps. Sure. Because that's when things start getting more complicated. Um, and once you have someone in sales ops who can start to gather and collate the data and start to dig into it, that's when you'll, it really starts to make sense. So it depends on, you know, it depends on, I wouldn't start digging into it until I'm, you know, maybe five, 
sellers or beyond. Got right. It. And then we've got some traction and we're doing deals and we're showing some some real volume. Got it, got it. So five sellers you think is most appropriate. Yeah. I mean you should be thinking about it or yeah, have like have the data, think about really. the sales equation and have the data, but you don't necessarily need to build out a whole repetainment model right. until you're further on. I mean, but you should always from day one, think about what's the benchmark of per- a percentage of reps that we want to hit 100% of their number. Yeah. What is that? And that you can get from industry data, right? So if you're in a SaaS business, which a lot of our friends are in, right. um, it's like six, most companies around 60, 70%. And how do, maybe, how do you, how did you figure that out? Or where, is it just calling around? Yeah, did a, home, did a bunch of homework. So exactly who's in, so reach out to the commissions company, right? So exactly has run a series of reports that pulls information from, from their yeah. customers. It shows you know how SaaS companies perform uh, over time, and you know with this here's it's based on payout, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> so they've yeah. got that information, not with the customer names, but um, so you can you can do some research on you know SaaS company quota attainment Attain, performance, right. yeah. And how uh, are those available publicly? Or yeah, yeah, they are. Um, most well, of it's available publicly. We'll include some links. Uh, in the blog post that will support this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, any final tips or trip tricks? I mean, you, you've given sort of the audience a, a great understanding of repetainment, um, how to think about it, when to think about it. I don't know if there's any specifics um, that you've seen. I, you know, I would say when it comes to as an individual rep, if you use the, the, the core sales equation as your guide, Right, that should help guide how you define, you know, the, your tier one accounts in your territory and who you spend time with and how you think about managing your opportunities. Um, that is, that actually gives you something to 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 measure against. So sure. often in sales, I've given I'm given a book of business and here I go, right, and I don't really know what to measure it against. And um, so thinking about that core sales equation and defining what those benchmarks are for your for your team or for sure. your segment. Um, will take will go so so far because then you always know how you're what you're performing against right yeah so and, and really how like, it's looking for that year yeah because <laughs> you know the wife always wants to know well how are we doing honey are we going to are we going club? to president's club <laughs> right. like can I can I buy a new pair of shoes what do we got here <laughs> yeah exactly cool well thank you Doug so much for coming on we really appreciate it and um, appreciate you having me thanks good luck out there.